Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, life purpose coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Joe Kendrick, an encouraging pastor with a passion for community on an exciting new mission to connect people to programs that build healthy spirit, mind, and body for all. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. My guest is Joe Kendrick, who currently serves as the Executive Director of Christian Mission for the YMCA of Greater Oklahoma City. Joe has a Master of Divinity and Doctor of Ministry from the Baptist Theological Seminary at Richmond. He's married to Lacey Kendrick, the Vice President of Financial Development for the YMCA of Greater Oklahoma City. And they have two boys, Connor and Duncan, who are his absolute favorites. In his spare time, Joe volunteers as a coach for the YMCA. With Community Market at St. Luke's United Methodist Church, dabbles in toy photography, and pretending to be a pit master. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks, Charles. I'm glad to be here. No, it's great to have you. So we've known each other for a while, and we were just talking off air yes. about how long uh, we've known each other, yeah. and you actually knew. So it's yeah. been... It'll be five years, September 27th. That's amazing. So yeah, um, I can remember it was... I'd uh, come in to do interview at Spring Creek, or meet everybody at Spring Creek Baptist Church. I was... Um, the final candidate for their associate pastor position. And we were in the the youth room or youth building, which was just a junk building. No offense to anybody listening. It just was not, I didn't like the building. The floors were falling apart. Right. <laughs> There's animals underneath. Uh, but we met and uh, we connected because um, I've worked with people in recovery and when you told me that you were in recovery, I think at the time you had been in recovery for 11 years. And it was like, okay, this guy gets it. This guy this guy will understand me. And then you started talking about your coaching. I was like, oh, I love coaching. I love everything about that. So it was, it was just like a, for me, it was a nice reconnection. So Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And, and the fact that you knew the time, frame and that you knew there was an anniversary coming up yeah. that's incredible because yeah. i lose track of time but not <laughs> not people just time and dates and so no i'm i'm pretty good with dates yeah dates and times especially if it's a core memory of some kind yeah absolutely so, i'm so thinking yeah. of a disney movie now core memories and what's the one about all the feelings you know now we're gonna we're both gonna get stumped here yeah the only one the only feeling song that sh- shoots up Oh, is that the uh, In and Out movie? Maybe that's it. I've never seen it, but that's the only one I can think of that has feelings. I think it is. I yeah. went. I Core went to memory. the Care Bears. Okay, <laughs> the Care Bears movie. <laughs> I mean, I was born in the eighties, well, nineteen eighty. So okay, um, you know, Care Bears were a thing. So it was a forest of feelings. And care a lot. Oh wow! You know, there's a song, "Forest of Feelings." We might just have to drop that. It is. Uh, it's a great song. Link. It goes, "Forest of feelings, care a lot." And earth are the homes we claim. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome. (laughs) Whoever's listening to this, just Google that right now because I love that. Yeah. It's it's just, it's it's so, oh, it's awesome. Well, I'm going to be playing that pretty regularly around the office now. So I always have something going. Wow. That's, uh, 
That's a lot. That's yes. a lot. Just getting started. <laughs> we have so much show left. So. Right. Right. This right. is a hint of what was co- of what's to come. That's right. So listen in. Listen. <laughs> hang the tight. Randomness. Right. Yeah. No. No telling what we're going to come up with, which is fine right. with me. So well, I do want to say, Joe, too, that we uh, our whole family loves you. I oh, love thanks. you. We love Lacey and the boys, and yeah. we've known each other. So it's really an honor to sit down and have a. Uh, uh, a chat of some kind. Who knows where it's going to go? Yeah, it, the honor's all on this side, man. Okay. I am, I am stoked. All right, right on. So, well, as you know, Joe, we start each episode with a kickoff question, and you've chosen yours, so we'll tee that up and just see where the conversation takes us. All right, Joe, so here it is. When did you know that you wanted to be doing what you're doing today? So, um, we've been thinking about that question um, since I said I'll go with that question. Um, And so I think what I'm doing today, I think started my, the end of my junior year in college. I didn't know what it would look, I didn't know it would look like this. I thought I would be a traditional youth pastor or senior pastor of a church. And that's what I did for 20 years. That's, that's, went to seminary for that and and even in seminary people would say you know Joe you may not fit the current model of the church and as somebody said that to me in a way of like you know you need to go create your own or you that's just the church isn't fit for your gifts or whatever I would have been like oh okay that makes sense but they said it in such a way that seemed like I couldn't do it like I wasn't good or something is how I heard it, and so I just kind of trucked along. But um, I'd been doing that. So I started in 2002. It's when I first got my first youth minister job at a church in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Um, went to Oklahoma Baptist University, so my senior year there. And um, I remember I ended up leaving that job because we were moving and I thought, well, I'm going to get a, as my, somebody told me a real job. And I got offered a job to sell credit cards in Philadelphia. And it was, so 2002, so they just started creating the credit card swipes. So, you know, beforehand you, when you prayed with a credit card, you, they set it on the, and you had to. I remember. Sh- yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. The carbon copies. The carbon copies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, <laughs> this was the first time they were installing automatic ones. And so this company sold them. And it was basically a, not a Ponzi scheme, but a, what's the other scheme where? A pyramid? Pyramid scheme. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Almost like a pyramid scheme. Whereas you've, you work for them for a couple of years, then you can go start your own company doing the same thing wow what a deal yes you get paid a hundred dollars per the so the 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 payment was that per credit card machine you sold a hundred dollars uh you spend the first few days training and then you know you're on your own you come in do a meeting and then you go out and sell so basically sells and it's like okay this will be cool and um you know i think that you can make more than this, but your your base salary was going to be thirty five thousand, which at um, in two thousand two is a really good first salary. Yeah, that's good money. Yeah, nowadays then. not so much. Yeah, but um, back then, you know, gas was just 
above a dollar twenty two um, due to the uh, war on terror starting and, and other things happening. Um, so uh, I'm on the flight back. I'd been offered the job, and they um, the guy who interviewed me wanted to train me. It was like a big deal. It was like the first time somebody like showed interest in me that I was capable of something. So I'm on the flight back, and I'm in my suit, feeling all cool and such, and I'm like, I think I can do this. And I heard this voice saying, uh, this is not what I want from you. And I was like, okay, well, what do you want? Mm. And that was it. Like, it was just, this is not what I want from you. So I made the assumption that, well, okay, I'm going to go back into church. It's church ministry. That's what I'm going to go do. So I started doing that and got a job south of Austin, decided I need to go to seminary, um, Baptist Theological Seminary was a uh, moderate Baptist seminary up for the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Loved the idea of it, loved, went and visited and just fell in love with the professors and the community. And it was everything that OBU wasn't for me. So what I mean by that is um, when somebody asks how my time at OBU was, I say the only good thing that came out of my time is I met my wife. That that's a pretty it. good thing. Yeah, that's a great thing. But the rest, not but so the rest much. of it. No, I could have. Um, I just did not fit that culture. Right. Okay. Sure. I just yeah. looking back, I didn't fit the culture mm -hmm. at all. Um, so I go to seminary. Seminary is everything I hoped it would be. Um, have a great church that I'm working at. In fact, um. We celebrate their 100th anniversary on the 18th of September. Uh, so we'll be up to celebrate that with them, which is, so that, that tells you how, it was, it was family for us. So I had a wonderful church. You know, we had Connor while we were at there, um, graduate seminary, and they sent me off to go be a senior pastor. And I went to a small church uh, about 40 miles northwest, northeast of there in the country, uh, in King Queen County, Virginia. And had a wonderful two and a half, almost three years there of just country folk. Country folk and inner city folk are my folk. Like that's, I relate well to people from those areas. Um, I struggle with suburbanites for some reason. I just, I don't know why, but the culture is just, we, we, we butt heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. So those, those were, had two good cultures that I, that I fit. Um, for a good eight years. And then, um, the, something came along, another church came along and was getting an opportunity to work with the staff. And I thought, well, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do, but I'm on this retreat about a year into my first pastorate. And one of the exercises we, is a spiritual colloquy, 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 You'll have to Google it because I can't say it. Yeah, but no. it starts with a C. Okay, I think it's C O L L I Q U A Y, something like that. Wow, um, that's probably not even spelled correctly. That's okay. So, but it basically it's a yeah. internal conversation, spiritual conversation with the divine. Okay. So in my case, it's a conversation with. We had two of them. One with was with Paul, uh, who was apostle. Um, and then with Jesus, who we believe to be the Son of God um, in my faith tradition. So I had a conversation with Jesus, and 
basically it's just a back and forth. You just ask questions and see if Jesus speaks. You know, you talk and then you shut your mouth and listen. And during that time, I felt for the first time a clarity of what God wanted me to do with my life. And it was to be a community builder of some kind. And I thought, well, so, you know, we joked about being pretending pit master. Um, I love barbecue. Um, it's something fun I do. It's how I show I love someone and when they come over. And if I cook that for them, that tells you, you will leave knowing that you're one of Joe's favorite people because he took the time to do this for you. And if, if you've ever been loved by Joe in that way, you're going to know it. Yes. That's some good food. I'm telling you, that's some good eats right there. Thanks. Charles. Oh yeah. Uh, so, um, so I thought, well, I'll create a barbecue restaurant that hires recovering addicts, helps people get a foot up. You know, just that's what somebody thinks is just a foot up. So it was going to be transitional and working on a plan. Um, but the church I was at, when I got the second, when I got a new call, I was following that, and I thought that was where I was supposed to be, and it turned out to just not be the right environment. Um, just was not, was just not, didn't fit. Um, they want, they thought they wanted what I was bringing, but then when I brought, and we had new people coming in who'd never stepped foot in church, and people were bringing their pain and such, it was just too much. It was too much for them, and it became toxic and unhealthy, and basically, um. I ran away. I grabbed my family. We packed up. We ran. Because if we didn't, um, I would not be here today. So it was a preservation thing. So Spring Creek came along, and a job looked very enticing because I get to do youth work, which I love developing young adults and love that aspect of it. But the other part was community engagement. And I love the idea of that. And I understood it to be out in the community, engaging, finding opportunities for the church to be involved in its community, whether creating new programs or volunteering with other programs. And so I was at Spring Creek for two and a half years, almost three years. And when the pandemic hit, it was becoming clear that what I was wanting and needing and what Spring Creek needed and wanted were two different things. It was just you could tell, um, for lack of a better word, a divorce was coming because it was just not, our values were not lining up. And and that's what I think the pandemic exposed a lot of that for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've talked to lots of folks and not to interrupt your, your flow oh, you're good. here, but just you're on good. that point, I think a lot of our listeners are going to be hearing this part of your story and thinking, yeah, me too. Because uh, for a variety of reasons during the pandemic, and, and really, there were factors going on pre-pandemic that were already at play in the workplace in a variety of different contexts where people are really thinking about, what do I want to do with my life? How do I want to express the life I've been given? Where do I want to be and how do I want to use my gifts? And where that misalignment happens, they're like, well, what do I need to do next? So there's been a lot of folks in transition over the past really three to five years and, the, and then the pandemic just elevated that, exacerbated all of that going on in people's uh, worlds in the workplace these days. So I've heard it dozens of times, and I'm sure folks can relate. You know, So if you're in that situation now, keep listening to Joe's story 
because he's going to tell you what he did next. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what I did next was um, I just started looking for a new job. Was I was like, well, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. I think I'm done. I think I'm done with church ministry. Like it's, I used to think that the church was the best incubator for the world's, for the solution to the world's problems. Meaning that the people who were there were being molded and shaped by the words of Christ. So um, for those listening, I am a Christian. I've been one since I was four. Uh, that faith has informed my life and developed. That's a part of who I am. And it, I'm very justice-minded and justice-heavy in, in my faith. Um, so when that wasn't matching up with the church, those values were not matching. And it's nobody's fault. Like, like that needs to be clear. Like, pandemic-wise, like, none of us knew what the hell we were doing. Like, that's just a matter of fact. Yeah. Nobody had trained anybody how to navigate, you know, a pandemic. Not at all. Global yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the globalness and the scale and the, in, in the, the fastness that it comes in of, I remember, uh, well, Larry Stevens came um, up and asked one Wednesday night, hey, are we still having church? And I said, yeah, why not? And he goes, well, you know, Places are starting, the COVID starting to come, or coronavirus and all this. And I was like, yeah, no, I think we're good. That following Sunday, we had shut down. Yeah. So, I mean, within a week. And and the church wasn't ready for that. We didn't have ways to do online worship. You know, we we're still talking about that, um, which I will say that is a positive, is that it forced churches that refused to go online, well, now you got to go online. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that proved the point that online worship was important. Yep. So many new uh, live feeds and people using Zoom and, yeah. and you know, Facebook Live and yes. all these things that they'd never engaged with before. Yes. And as a, ex, I think my, as, the, as part of the forgotten generation since I'm 1980, so I'm not a millennial and I'm not really a Gen Xer in between. Uh, it made me smile because it was like, yeah, we were right. We told y'all back in 2000, <laughs> this is how we should go. You know, like, but yeah. you told us not to, but huh, well, 22 years later, we played the long game and uh, uh, right. or 20 years later, we're right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the only time in my life I've been right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. um, so, you know, nobody just knew what to do and right, everybody's right. anxieties at an 11 yeah, and so sure. every step you're walking on eggshells, and grace is just thrown out the window, and so we all made mistakes on because none of us knew the severity of it. Like we didn't understand. We're told one thing, and then we're told another, mm -hmm. and and we're all reacting to everything. So it got so heavy, and so I was working seventy hours a week almost, and working longer Sundays than I had ever worked before. Um, making sure the videos were running, making sure everything was good, um, trying to balance people's anxieties, both my end, the church's end, uh, our senior pastor's end, and then just people with kids. And it just came to a point to where I don't, I said, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to do anymore. 
And so I went back to what I knew to be true. I took a week off and I went on to Lake Hefner. I rode my bike to Lake Hefner and I sat down with my notebook and I had went back to that conversation. I said, okay, it's been a decade. Let's have this conversation again. And at the end of that conversation, it was, you need to leave. That was, I was like, okay, so here's the plan. I'll leave in December. I'll give them six month notice. That way we can, they'll give me six months to find a job, what I want to do, figure out what I want to do, all this. Uh, something came along where I think God knew that I was at that end of the six months, I was going to stay. Like I would find some rose colored glasses and pretend that it would fit and, and I would just compromise and say, I'll be okay. Um, but I was not okay. And, uh, opportunity came along and basically was, my hand was forced. Um, and it was just a tiny thing of somebody just said, you know, a couple of people said their kids weren't going to come back to church because they didn't think I liked them. And even though you laid out everything in front of them that showed that I did love them and that I did care about them, you know, when a kid has it in their mind that you don't, it's hard to break that. Like, it's hard to show, because I was like that. Like, I would think, you know, my teachers didn't like me, but you showed me how my teachers show up at seven o'clock to tutor me. That says they like me. Like right. those things, those things. But when you're when you're 16 and the world's crumbling around you, you don't like. It's hard to see that. Yeah, nothing was normal. Yeah, Relationships nothing, were far from normal. Nothing was. Yeah. And yeah. and parents are their anxiety. Like I said, it's done 11, and so opportunity came just for a we call it a separation. So we worked out a deal and we separated and. I think that needed to happen because if it didn't happen, I would not be where I am today. But that's two years ago, and that's two years looking back. You know, if we had this conversation like a week after that, it would not be a pleasant. You'd have to use your sensor button every time. <laughs> right, it'd be a different story. It would be. Different perspective. It would right? be. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. would be. Of course. Um, and so I ended up uh, getting a job with a friend, uh, through a friend who was through Candace Hillenbrand, uh, her husband, Dan, owned a lawn care business here in town in Edmond. And so I started working for him as a lawn care technician and absolutely loved it. I'm outside for eight hours a day. It's a simple job. When there's an issue, you resolve the issue and you go on about your business. Like, and I go home, jobs at, jobs at job, home is home. Like, so it didn't bleed over. Got the weekends off for the first time ever. Had the choice of whether or not to go to church for the first time ever. And so I didn't go. For the first year that we were off, I did not I did not go to church. And it was fantastic. And really healing because I was still upset with God about some things. And maybe not upset with God, but that's where I took my frustration out at. And because my frustration was with the church, the church just didn't end up being what I hoped it would be. When I say the church, I mean the big C, not any particular, because I think churches could say the same thing about me. I didn't end up being what they hoped I would be. And that's, you know, that's life. 
that's how relationships work sometimes. Right, right. Yeah, um, so true. So I was there um, and worked my way up into an operations manager role. And, but I felt lost, still felt lost. Like, like a, this is not my purpose to, you know, plug your nice little. That's right. The Live Your Purpose podcast. That's right. My announcer <laughs> That's voice. Right. <laughs> That's right. So I'm, I ended up doing this uh, Sandler training, uh, sales training, as I moved into a manager role at Spring Green. Uh, Dan set me up with his business consultants at Sandler training and I was taking courses there and they kept going back to coaching and I was at a uh, goal setting because goal setting is important to me and I had gotten away from that. So I was like, I'm going to be super, oh, what's the word? Not committal, but when you make the decision that you're going to do something. Yeah. Committed, yeah. diligent. Yeah. All uh, in. Yeah. That was, that was something. it. It was like, you know, again, purposeful. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Intentional. Yeah. Intentional. There we go. That, yeah. That yeah. was the yeah, word. Yeah. It's a synonym Sorry. for purpose. I hit that. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Add a little, a little con. So if you hear, if you hear some thumps or dings, yeah. that's just us. That Joe talks with his hands. Yeah, we're just um, moving around. A little neck cagey sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I was there and I did the goal setting and, um, Mike Crandall, who who runs Sandler here in Oklahoma City, said, and it stuck with me successful people invest in themselves. And so that's when you and I sat down at um, the coffee place across in Bethany. Men mental. Yeah, mentality. Mentality. Mentality and coffee. Yes. Great stuff. Go get a cup over there sometime, Yes, people. and they sponsor the YMCA. Do they really? Yes, yes. They're I didn't know. With the well, I'm going to have to talk to them about that because I didn't yeah. even know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where we were at. Um, but they had sponsored something there. Aub what? Aubrey? Uh, Avery. Avery. Yeah, yeah Avery, Avery Buck. Yeah, yes. so and her yes. whole family, they're awesome. Yes. So, so Incredible. Um, I think it's with the Bethany Y, I think, because yeah. they're right across the street from the Bethany Y. They are. They're right in the neighborhood. So Interesting. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, we talked, and I was just curious on what, you know, actually I think this was before the goal setting because they ended up coming to the your mental – retreat um not your not wellness retreat is it wellness retreat? yeah it was the mindful muse. mindful yeah with yes. my colleague dr lisa Murata, yes. the mindful muse retreat at uh, saint francis of the woods yes yeah in coil so i went to that um and before that i had like created this whole vision of i was going to start a farm and be a rancher and all these things. And Lacey's like, uh, hell no, you're not. Because um, <laughs> that's, we can't afford that. You don't know anything about cows, no matter how many TikToks you watch about that. And just because you're watching Yellowstone doesn't mean you should be a cowboy. <laughs> so, ouch. Yes. Well, God bless her. She's, her honesty is helpful. Well, yeah, same. So, yeah, th thank you. God bless Christy, my yeah. wife as well. Thank, we're grateful for those people in our lives. <laughs> yes. Very much. <laughs> people like us need people like that in their lives. Oh, yeah. I'm holding my glass, uh, yeah, to, to honor that with a toast over yes. here of water. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I went to that, and you and I talked afterwards, and 
in the back of my mind, I was like, maybe this is what I need to do is coaching. And I said, okay, so I'm going to go do that. So anyway, so the conversation back to that goal setting was, um, was successful people invest in themselves. And so I was like, F it. I am investing myself. I'm going to, this year, 2022, I'm going to invest in Joe. And that was the first time I was ever selfish and said, I'm investing in my life. Like I'm invest, I'm putting myself first and I'm going to invest in myself. So you and I talked, I came up with a coaching plan and um, within our coaching time, so we started in January and what I'm doing now came open in March. And in those three months, I think we went through all kinds of roller coasters, um, chasing whatever rabbit we were chasing at the time or whatever I was chasing at the time. And again, self plug he's not paying me to say this, but I do recommend Charles as a coach because he helped get the rabbit back on track. <laughs> and um, this position, executive director of Christian Mission, came open at the Y, um, and I missed it the first go around. Uh, but when it reopened, because they, they couldn't settle on somebody they, they liked, I prayed about it and said, this is, I think this is what I want to do. I think this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. Because it's a community organization, and my role is to provide spiritual care to all staff, employees, full-time and part-time, as well as members, and build partnerships with local churches that are looking to that share the same values as the Y and would be a good partner with the Y. And so um, I applied, just kind of followed that down the where it led. And even I think as we talked, as you and I talked during our sessions, that even if this job didn't work out, what it did show me was that Spring Green's been a great layover. But that's what it is. It's a layover. That's not what I'm supposed to do with my life. What am I supposed to do with my life? And that's where the vision came that I am supposed to help people tell amazing stories with their lives. That I'm supposed to help them become the best versions of themselves so they can help their city become the best version of itself. And so when this job opened, it matched that goal, that vision. And I just said yes and followed. And so that's the long story, 30 minutes into the conversation, oh, yeah. I think. Well, this, this show is all about storytelling. So, there's, yeah. There's no um, one way to do it. So if you're still listening. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and if we can't, can we pause? <laughs> you can hit pause. Yeah. On, on and this. Yeah, yeah, please. So, um, yeah, definitely. So where we're at now is Joe's made a tremendous shift, right? So here he is in this new role, and we're going to dive into the new role or whatever direction. Yeah. Uh, you'd like to head, but I'd love to hear all about it and promote away about what you do. Let people know and, and what services you offer and all those details too. But what I was curious in a non me talking, non self promotional way, when you had that realization about investing successful people invest in themselves, maybe it was a quote or mm -hmm. in the literature. What was it like for you on an individual level to, to go through that and, and embrace that realization? What do you remember sort of what that process was like to say yes to that for yourself? Yeah, it was um, it was betting on myself. 
Yeah. Like is is really what it was. It was do I trust the potential of myself mm-hmm. to do that? Yeah. Um, and I interesting enough, um, a mutual friend of ours, Steve Blake, uh, who's been on your podcast before, you know, he he said yes to his fitness life and watching him transform and become a, such a wonderful human being. He's already, a, he was already a wonderful human being, but he just transformed so much. Like it just grown so much. He absolutely um, has. Yeah. Uh, so he's just such a, a wonderful person and watching that him bet on himself. It's like, you know, I'm almost 42 years old. I believe in my potential. Why don't I just bet on myself? Like, why, why don't I trust this process? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a key word. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, uh, Brianna, a, uh, a Brianna Drake, who is the membership director at the Bethany YMCA or Northwest District YMCA, made that statement of trusting the process. That was her her words: trust. Mm-hmm. And that's trusting the process that she she looks to trust the process. And and that resonates with me because I had to trust the process. And did I trust the process? And when I look back over those two years, it was actually at the Mindful Muse Retreat where I felt gratitude. We lit the candle of gratitude. And I watched how God had provided over the past two years. I go from making a good salary and security to being paid hourly and a job that, you know, we tried to work every day, but weather may have permitted us from working. In fact, there was a fear um, in December, my first year working there, we went uh, a whole week without work because it was snowing. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. Like I don't, God literally provided by a boss who was so generous that gave us a bonus. And that small bonus paid my paid my uh, monthly uh, mortgage that day. That month. that's incredible. So like generosity, yeah, and grace. Yeah. And so when when I say, gift. Uh, on another note, uh, yeah, anybody ever says anything negative about Dan Hillenbrand, uh, you and I will have a conversation, and it won't be much of a conversation, right? <laughs> it's Sounds gonna like be, be one sided. It's gonna be a one sided conversation. <laughs> That's powerful, <laughs> this, this, man. This pacifist will 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 not be pacifist. No, not at all, brother. Well, and so not to take you out of this mode again. No, you're good. Okay, you're good. all good. You're good. All good. Uh, so we're just back yes, and forth. Yeah. Thanks for going there. And the reason yeah. I wanted to set up that question for you, like, what was that like? To come through that process of saying, you know what, I do want to invest in myself. Yeah, whatever that means for a listener, and whatever it means for Joe, right here, and and we each have a story or like a, a process that we have to go through, especially if we've not been accustomed to doing that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. If we're uh, th- these are my words, if they don't fit, throw them out or change them. But if, if we're used to serving others, if we're used to primarily looking out and how can I be helpful. Sometimes it's hard to look inward and say, well, you know, is it okay to do something for myself? Mm-hmm. A lot of our listeners may relate to that. It could be something else too. Do I trust the process? Yeah. And, and then once we do, you know, with a, whether it's gratitude that, that uh, oils the wheel, so to speak, a little bit and lets us move forward into that process more easily, whatever that is, it's usually something related to acceptance or seeing life as a gift 
or knowing that what we have is of value. And, it's, and that's where you just took the plunge. And we got to work together in this case, yeah. which has been tremendous. But it brings us back, if we want to pick up, to where, hey, you got the job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you're in the role, and you can go wherever you want if you want to okay. pick up other threads. But I'd love to hear all about the, the role yeah. that you're in, too. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'll say anybody listening, the, if you're like me, where you're really good at, at building other people's visions, so if somebody has a vision, I'm really great at building that and creating that. Like, I I am the best fullback you'll ever have, to use a football analogy. Yep. I will clear the doors. I will burn the building down. I will do whatever to make your dream come true. Um, but oftentimes it was at the sake of my own dreams. And so I had to make that choice of, am I going to bet on myself? Do I believe in myself enough? Like I, I'm confident, but do I am I confident enough that I can go build something of my own? And so yes, so this position came along. Um, Kelly K, our CEO, had a vision of what they call lifting up the C in the YMCA. So YMCA stands for Young Men's Christian Association. Our mission is to put Christian principles into action through programs that build healthy mind or healthy spirit, mind, and body. And so I focus on the Christian part of that and the spirit part of that. Now, the key, the struggle, I guess, or the the tension is that, just go ahead and name the elephant, that Christian does not have a positive tone in our world today. For much of the population, yes, right, yes, yeah. Even those who identify as Christian are hesitant. I've met people who believe the same things I do, and they're quickly to tell somebody, "Yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm not that kind of Christian." Oh yeah, the the disqualifier yes. or the disclaimer, yes. yeah, because I am a practicing Christian myself, and right. it's not a popular time in in many right. ways to be maybe the way I show up as a Christian right, right. now. Right, it's it's. It's hard to see, like, because it'll turn people off. And if you say you're a Christian, it will scare people right now. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's not, again, um, not trying to be too heavy handed, mm-hmm. just being sure. honest of when you look at the pastors who show up on TV, when you look at the pastors who become viral, it's never the ones who are preaching, walking, um, I believe the verse in Micah is the walk humbly with the Lord do justice, love mercy, do kindness, you know, those type of things. It's, it's always there. Some person ranting about what a woman's wearing, you know, very misogynistic, uh, very homophobic, Islamophobic, some type of phobic, like there's never preaching about how God wants you to have the best life possible. And that, you know, you're made in God's image and that Jesus loves you and that you are, you are loved for who you are. Right, which is scripture. I mean, this is... It is. That's gospel. Yeah. 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 I mean, Charles, you and I both know this to, to the nth degree that if God can love you and I for who we are, with the things we have in our past and mm-hmm. in our shortcomings, right? then why can't God love anybody else? Amen. Like, yeah. like just... So... I um, believe it. So my job is to help lift that sea up in a very tender way. Mm-hmm. 
um, I provide spiritual care to all members and all employees. And what that looks like is different to different people because we are a part of our mission statement that in there says healthy spirit, mind, and body for all. We're a place for all. And so I get to wrestle with the Christian principle and the for all. What does that look like? What does that mean? And how does that apply to Oklahoma City? So for me, when I look at what the why does, we're doing Christian principles through action like crazy through our Why Achievers program, which is a mentorship program, our Getting Ahead program, which is our anti-poverty initiative, uh, bringing people out of breaking generational poverty uh, by basically looking at, we don't say you're money poor, you're resource poor. And so how do we create resources for people who may not have them? Um, through feeding programs, through every branch does something unique. Um, no, no, the downtown branch is involved with Restore OKC and does some togetherhood things, uh, backpack, uh, backpacks, uh, providing backpacks for kids, just uh, these beautiful things that the Y does. So it's more than just a gymnasium and swim and, and sports. Those are a part of it, but the, there's more to it than that. And even those pieces, I get to go in and tell somebody, you know, a front desk person that, hey, you know you're providing hospitality to people. That when somebody comes to your location and you say, hey, how are you doing? And you say it in such a way that it's genuine. You may be the only person that day that literally checks in on them. And you may be the only person today who smiled for them. You may be the only person who has acknowledged their kid in a positive way. Like that that's an opportunity to build somebody up. It absolutely and is. That so, kind of feedback in the workplace, yeah, man. I mean, when I heard about your role and the kind of stuff that you're doing on the ground and that opportunity to, to provide that influence into culture, mm-hmm. it's incredible because a lot of the folks that I serve are in leadership roles and, and feedback is missing in the workplace, has been for years. And when it does come, it's more punitive. You didn't get this right. You know, you need to do better at this, you know, whatever it may be. That's just, yeah. that's how it is right now out there. If you get any feedback at all. So this is the kind of feedback and pouring into yeah. another person that it lifts all of us up. Who doesn't like to hear something like that? Right. And, and as a result, be motivated to continue doing it. Well, And here, here's the irony of all that. Maybe it is. I think it's irony is I honed that skill at Spring Green. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in the church. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not because that's not, I mean, I'm, I think I'm an encourager. I uh, do too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's, so I'm really good at encouraging people. Um, and I did that in the church work, but it was never done back to me. Oh, okay, sure. Like, like the, yeah. the reality is most of the time somebody came to talk to me, it wasn't a, hey, I just want to tell you how wonderful you are much I love you, how much I appreciate you. Right. Thank you so much for being here for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, hey, um, my kid got really scared at Wednesday night because you said, you know, we all have faith. And, like, we go to bed not even thinking about it and that it's faith to go to sleep because you don't know if you're going to wake up. And so now she won't go to sleep. Like, well, that's not what I said, but okay. Like... <laughs> but you know, that's what I mean. Like it's the, 
you always got the punitive things. Right. You rarely got the yeah the people who uplifted you. Yeah, and it's everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere in the workplace, in yeah. churches and nonprofits everywhere. Yeah. There are plenty of exceptions, but this yeah. is, so that's why this is yeah. so incredible. Yeah, and so I noticed that at Spring Green of when I got in the manager role, even the person who was in my role before wasn't the most uplifting person. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't his personality. Right, right. Sure. And But when I started, what changed it was that I'm a very direct person, and sometimes my tone doesn't change. Like, I'm just telling you something, and I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm just telling you. Um, but sometimes people can hear that differently. And so we had somebody who has Asperger's that was that's one of our technicians, and he said, it's not what you said, it was how you said it that really hurt me. Hmm. I'm like, okay, well, so then when I started doing Sandler more, it was about communication and being clearer on communication. And so I changed immediately overnight of, All right, I want to think more clearly on how to communicate and take it upon myself. And, and again, that's a difference between the church world a little hmm. bit is that um, we can get heavily involved in ourselves and that you've got to accept me the way I am. And, and I think that's partially true. I, I, I want to be accepted for who I am and how I am. But also, I need to be self-aware enough to know that my personality may be too strong for some folks sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I can say either go find somebody weaker or I can say, well, you matter to me. So I'm going to learn how, I'm going to, learn how to best communicate to you. Right, right. Having that's the best of both worlds. Yeah, you know, is what I'm hearing right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. That, just, that feedback loop. It really is. Yeah, I'm gonna you know give you feedback. You're gonna give me feedback, and we're right. gonna be better as a result. Exactly. Whether it's an employee saying, you know, it was the way that you said it. Yeah. And then that was received as constructive, meaning yeah. building. Yeah. That's feedback that builds. Exactly. You. Yeah. Exactly. So learning to communicate, and in that's what it, I've taken into this role of how am I going to communicate with people, understanding that. There are folks in our organization who are afraid, maybe afraid is not the right word, have concerns about this. What is, What does it mean when we're going to put the C, when we say we're going to put the C back in the YMCA? Because we are a Christian organization. We we're founded by George Williams, founded us when he got together with friends in London during the Industrial Revolution and prayed for his co-workers. And that brought in other young men who were living in terrible circumstances, being paid terribly, working, gosh, I mean, we complain about 70-hour work weeks. I mean, I don't even know what a 19-year-old at that time was working, you know, maybe 100 hours. I don't know. But it was terrible conditions when you compare it to today in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, But their response to it was to pray for them, to pray for their bosses, to lift them up. And so the YMCA was birthed out of that. So to just own it, just to say, you know, we are a Christian. Mm-hmm. That is who we are. That is that is part of our DNA. So what does that mean? You know, and for me, it means it informs our behavior. It doesn't dictate others' behaviors. It informs our behavior. So it informs my behavior. Mm-hmm. So my behavior is informed by my Christian faith, particularly the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, like yeah. If you, if you want to know, Joe, go read the Sermon on the Mount. 
That's the core teachings right and, there. And There's and the right message. There, that's that is the the Sermon on the Mount on the Mount is my favorite passage, and the Gospel of Mark is my favorite gospel. I love the Gospel of Mark. So I don't know if I knew that about you until yeah, just now. Yeah, I love no, it. it's Mark is just like on the way or get out of the way. Mark, Mark doesn't have time for you. He doesn't have any time, but he's so symbolic to well yeah. in my own interpretation yeah. of the scripture. Yeah. You know, these bookends, the Mark and bookends that he does. And I, yeah. I love his style. You yeah. Know? Yeah, he, he he fits my very direct personality. He's very direct. So, very direct. Like yeah. So yeah. A lot of imagery. Well, so awesome, man. So this is fantastic. And so if you want to, um <clears throat> in the in the last maybe few minutes, yeah, we'll say. And there's no pressure on time, but maybe the next five or 10 minutes. Talk about some of the initiatives, if you'd like to. I know this is a, a, a position that's in development, so mm-hmm. you know, only disclosers share what seems good to, you know, appropriate to share. But you know, what, what are some of the things that are going on through your role in the community? Okay. Maybe some highlights, and, and what do you see, you and the team, uh, the leadership team see coming down the pipe? So, um, one of the big highlights is just basically I spend every morning I pray for the staff. Um, I have a list and I go through that list. And here's, <laughs> this is so funny. And some p- people are going to be listening to this and think I'm trashing the church culture and I'm not. I'm speaking to my experience and I'm speaking to the reality it has been made very clear to me in my role as executive director of Christian Mission that I pray for people. And so when they come by my office and my eyes are closed and my mouth is moving and I'm praying, I'm doing my job. Right. They can tick that task off of your, take that j- your job off. duty list, right? When I would do that as a pastor or associate pastor, I was told I was not doing my job. I was not productive. Productive. That's the P word, right? Yes. Productive. Yeah. So <laughs> you're not busy. You're not you're gonna, productive. You're going to tell me this nonprofit that is a corporation mm-hmm. and a business mm-hmm. understands the effectiveness of prayer more than the church sometimes. And I think that's that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. And I can just live out of my, I'm, I'm living out of my experience. So again, pastors, please don't like, oh, you know, freak right. out or anything. I'm just speaking. From my experience, yeah. and I think for most pastors, they would feel the same way. I've heard it many times from different denominations so. and different clergy friends that I have. And absolutely, it's not always the case, as you're acknowledging yeah. here. But how awesome is that? Yeah. I mean, for so you, it just, to be able to do that. To be able to do that is is freeing because, to me, it's the best way to show that I care about somebody. Mm-hmm. Because what I do is I pray for them, and then I send them a note. I'll send them an email immediately after I'm done mm-hmm. with my prayer time. Uh, so for like 30 minutes, I'm praying. And the next 30 minutes, I'm emailing everybody I prayed for. And it's just a simple, prayed for you today. Thank you for all that you do. Please let me know if I can do anything for you. And just like the fact that they know that I took time out of my day. Mm-hmm. And I specifically, during something that matters to me, right? Like praying matters to me. Mm-hmm. It's a part of my... Um, which is a new thing now. Like, I mean, prayer's always been important, but to be able to go, okay, no, this is a part of my job and this is a vital part of my job. So it's on my calendar. Morning prayer. Yeah. Eight o'clock, eight, eight thirty. That's what I'm doing. Like you don't like 
So yeah, it's very freeing. And the responses are have been overwhelmingly positive. You know, people will respond, thank you, or they don't respond at all. And that's okay. You know, like, again, it's, nobody has to feel like they have to be forced to respond or forced to be prayed for, but, you know, I'm just going to pray for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not praying for your soul or anything like that. I'm praying that God will protect you and keep you safe and bless you and that you will be the best version of yourself. Right. These are like encouraging, yes. loving, supportive yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, prayers. If there's something they're going through yeah. and I happen to know about it, you know, I'll lift that up in prayer. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other part, um, another highlight was that I helped launch a new church start on September 11th, a Remain Community Church. A uh, pastor on TikTok has been wanting to, to start a church for people on the margins, and people have been harmed by the church and hurt. And we just, we connected, and I was like, he's like, we're looking for a place. And I go, well, we would love for a church to be in every Y in Oklahoma City. So what do you think about, like, let's get together and talk. And so we got together, and they're using our downtown facility for their Sunday mornings. And I look forward to what that partnership will bring. My hope is that, or my hope is that any church, anybody who wants to start a church, you know, reach out to me. We'll talk. Um, basically, our, our guidelines is that you're you're you love Jesus and you practice the teachings of Jesus. That's that's our guideline. And so, you know, we're for all. So that means you can be a conservative church. You can be a progressive church. We have room for you, and we'll hold that intention. Because that's what we do. Like there's space for everybody to worship, and that's that's what I feel is is important. Um, so yeah, so that's 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 a highlight, and I think my hope is that it'll transform the culture to where um, as we build more wise in the city and as we grow, that prayer is going to be a big part of it. Um, church building is a big part of it. Partnerships, building partnerships with churches. Um, because the wise in churches used to be like this, like close mm -hmm. fingers are, you know, super entwined. Um, but over time, that relationship has kind of fizzled uh, for a variety of reasons. And um, so, look to build those relationships up. Um, and my hope is that not only that, but also to provide. My hope is also that we'll provide a safe space for pastors. Mm. That. I will be a resource for them that if they just need somebody to talk to, if they need, you know, just somebody that just who understands what they're going through right now, because it is, and I'm just going to be myself right now and just say what's on my mind. It is so damn hard to be a pastor right now. Yeah. Like it is hard. They I mean, they can say, I remember being in church, and Bob said, who was our pastor, said, we're a church that is um, full of people who are conservative and people who are progressive. And then I went, and that's what he said. Those are his words verbatim. And he was just talking about how big of a tent Spring Creek was. And I went to a deacon's meeting, and somebody said, and I quote, well, Bob said we're a progressive church now, so I guess that's what I was like. No, that's not what he said. But again, so I mean, that's the that's what pastors are dealing with. That they say one thing, 
and they can go back to their recordings now and show you that they said that one thing, and this is what they said, but people are hearing different things. And it is so hard to be faithful during this time um, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. So to be a, a place where pastors can come and be lifted up and encouraged and have somebody they can trust that, you know, isn't going to go spill their, you know, go back to their their congregants and say, oh, by the way, your pastor hates y'all, you know, which is not true. <laughs> That's not it. You know, like it's, uh, or, you know, oh, your pastor's struggling and y'all are, you know, maybe somebody needs to go back and go, hey, stop being jerks to your pastors. You know, maybe don't do that. But, you know, to know that somebody's there for you to listen and to care for. Right. So even now, like, um, so I've, um, we attend St. Paul's Episcopal Church now. So I'll send our, our dean, Katie Churchwell, uh, who's an amazing preacher and amazing human being. Uh, I'll just text her and just say, hey, I prayed for you and the staff, for Mother Sarah and Father Tim, uh, which is a whole new th language for me as a Baptist. I don't know if I'm doing that right. <laughs> um, and then, like, I'll um, building relationships with uh, Lori Walkie, uh, Reverend Dr. War Lori Walkie up at uh, Mayflower United Church of Christ, who's amazing pastor there too, like just an amazing preacher. Um, but again, and that's also important is to lift up uh, on my end as a as a man uh, to lift up my women heroes and sisters in faith who are amazing preachers and be somebody who advocates for them. So absolutely. So, yeah. 1000% 1, on that. Well, man, yeah. Just, you know, in closing the last minute or two, um, just to acknowledge what you said. And so I said, you know, you had said pastors, it's hard to be a pastor right now. And I said, yes. And what I mean by that, I'm not, uh, I'm the life coach, but I, I, I shepherd people through their lives, especially if they identify with that, uh, with the Christian path, with the Christian faith in their own journey. And I've been involved in ministry and church roles for years, from youth praise mm -hmm. band leader to uh, associate director of children's ministry and youth. Uh, I've done that. I've done a lot of, I've been an el elected elder and transition team. I, that's mm -hmm. where we got to know each yeah. other. And I said, yeah, let's hire Joe. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and so I'm, I'm so glad that we did and, uh, and that that's brought us here because there's been a lot of twists and turns. But what I believe, and I'm just going to shoot it straight, that a big part of what sustains my view of our relationship is Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's the type of Christ that I hear you describing right now. It's, it's the one from the gospel. It's the one who's merciful, who, who, who talks with women and lifts them up on the side of the road, and they're from, you know, another part of town. They're from mm -hmm. another tribe that may be despised. Um, that's what the lessons are about in the book, you know, and it's about this journey of reconciling differences and finding ways to bring people together that maybe haven't been. So my hope... <laughs> For your role and my my prayer for you and in your role and the why is that there would be this uh, calling back together, you know, through Christ mm -hmm. of of what's possible. And for those that, that aren't believers or atheists or whatever, that there's a place for them too. You know, that yeah. there's a place where love and acceptance and belonging are felt and experienced. That's where I work out. I work yeah. out at the YMCA and have for years. And it's not just because of the C and YMCA. Right. It's because there's community there, and I can uh, 
<clears throat> practice self-care and I post about it on social media. And, and that's why I'm posting that is because it's a great place to be. And there's such a diverse crowd where I work out. And I love that. Yeah. Um, and can I say just, yeah, one more well, yeah thing we've got on, a minute or two. Okay. Sure. Uh, so one of the beautiful stories I heard of a why in Indianapolis is that they noticed that uh, they have a large Muslim population and the Muslim women can't, couldn't swim, swim with their children. So their children are in the pool, but the Muslim women have to be out of the pool because they can't be uh, part of their religion. Their faith does not allow other men to look at them. Um, and without clothing or coverings, um, I, I don't, I'm sorry if I'm getting butchering that. Um, uh, not overly familiar. I just know that that's part of the, they couldn't do that. So uh, the Christian mission team decided, well, how can we be a good neighbor to them? Because every mom should get a chance to swim with their kid if they want to. Right? Every parent should swim with their kids if they want to. So they darkened out the, they created a Muslim swim time, darkened out the wall uh, windows, brought in one female lifeguard or two female lifeguards. And for an hour, it was a swim time just for these women and their children. Now they took heat for that because why are you, you're a Christian organization and you're having a specific Muslim time because that's what Jesus would do. You cannot argue with me that Jesus would not have done that. That Jesus, that's how Jesus was going to show that he's the son of God was by that love action. And that's what we mean. So, um, you know, my role is to love, serve and care for the people of our community. Yeah, man, I think that's that story and that statement is a great place to end. Uh, contact information, ways that folks, pastors, community can get in touch with you, best ways to do that. Uh, so you can email me, jkendrick, K-E-N-D-R-I-C-K, at ymcaokc.org. Uh, I am on Facebook. You can just Google Joe Kendrick. Uh, but make sure you put Oklahoma City in because if you don't, you're going to get a soccer player in England and he's probably tired of getting emails. Um, <laughs> so they can email me uh, through my work email. Uh, you can reach out on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, major.fury.photography. That's my toy photography uh, page. And that's all I do on Instagram is my toy photography. And so uh, you can reach out there. Um, I've written some things for Good Faith Media. Um, so they can Google good faith media and have some stuff on conflict transformation and things like that there. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I'll drop all of those links that I can find uh, in the show notes. So if you're listening now, just click on the show notes and you'll be able to find all those links and uh, hit Joe up, follow him, reach out to him. And you know what? Pray for him. Yeah. Why not? Right. That's what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Joe, it's been an honor and a pleasure. I appreciate you being a guest on my show. Well, thank you, Charles. You've been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, 
public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you were meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.